Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. As we are going to start talking about the OC search here, again, the latest today, Kellen Moore interviewing with the Browns, um, you know, Chargers and former Cowboys play caller as well. There is some thought that he is in demand, that there's some other interviews he's kind of uh, peeping out there. Also, uh, Brian Johnson, formerly the Eagles, was earlier this week. There's about five or six names confirmed to have interviewed and some other names that could kind of be out there in the ether. But while we're kind of bringing up to the latest on the offensive uh, coordinator search, Joe Flacco was just on with uh, my buddy Zach Gelb on CBS Sports Radio Network, and you're saying, but no, Zach does the night show. No. No, he is now in afternoons, and he had Joe on. And it's interesting. Like, we've had a lot of people ask. Like, my biggest doubt on bringing back Joe Flacco is simply whether he's going to fit the offense next year and whether you can replicate that run with Joe. But, like, if 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 those are my concerns, honestly, guys, Joe endeared himself so much to Cleveland, it's tough to kind of quibble with that simply because – that guy just feels like the kind of guy you want in your locker room, right, Dustin? Yeah, I mean, Joe's the guy you want to have around your teammates. Um, he's he's like a coach in that in that locker room. He's just an overall great dude. Well, and I think like I just think it, it's almost like when we had like Juan Uribe here. I always I I always feel like I'm like super. I I really pay a lot of attention to Major League Baseball clubhouse and like how guys fit together because like I saw the impact of that when Juan Uribe was here and how he just helped unlock the career of Jose Ramirez. And even though like he Juan was I think cut in August of the year that you went to the World Series. It was him, it was Mike Napoli, it was all these veterans that really helped Tito build a championship culture that that in that 2016 season. So like I look at Joe and I'm like, well, that's the kind of guy. It's a, it's like a coach on the field and it's just it's just another good guy in the locker room. You can never have enough good, hardworking, smart football players in your locker room. Right. Especially when you have that impact of, of having a backup quarterback. But I think it's been interesting that one of the, the concerns is, well, can you have Joe in the locker room with Deshaun? And, you know, how will Deshaun feel about that? Well, Joe actually talked about the reverse, which was Deshaun during that run, Deshaun's kind of role behind the scenes with the Cleveland Browns. Here's what he had to say. When Deshaun was around, it was great. I think even, you know, from afar watching it on TV when he wasn't in there playing and DJ was playing or Dorian was playing, I think he did a great job of, you know, of, of being excited for everything that was going on, even though he wasn't wasn't the guy at the moment. I still feel like he's not been in the league that long. And it's for him, it's just about staying healthy and getting back out there and getting a full season under his belt. So I think on one hand, 
you, you hear another kind of voice saying Deshaun was around. Deshaun was very happy. Deshaun did have good energy because people wondered about that, right? Like uh, there was the, well, it, why isn't he on the locker room thing when he was up in the lows after the surgery? There was all those kind of things. So I think like, listen, some of this is just Joe's really good at playing the media game. But I will say like, if if there was any doubt about the the relationship between Joe and Deshaun and whether those two guys could coexist, it sure sounds like Joe went out of his way to praise Deshaun. And I think that that's one less question you would have about bringing Joe Flacco back. And that should make you feel good. I mean, if the, if you have any concerns about like Flacco v. Deshaun, will there be animosity or things like that? I just don't see it at all. Like, I think that Joe would understand his role. Like, Joe's a guy that was not even going to be back in the league six months ago. Mm-hmm. And now he's been given sort of a second lease on his career. Um, why would he not want to be, be back in Cleveland? Well, and I think it's also equal parts. Would Deshaun be threatened by Joe? And I, I'll be honest with if you. If he is, that's that's just disappointing. Well, yeah. I mean, I I think sometimes, listen, I do think Deshaun comes into this season in a vulnerable position. And I, I don't know that it seems like the Browns are are going to do everything they can to make it with Deshaun and, and to, to supercharge this thing around Deshaun this year. That's good. I don't know that Deshaun is outwardly expressed any sort of doubt or any sort of um, – I mean, he's there was frustration about the injury and everything, but I mean, like, you're looking for self-awareness in this kind of situation. Like, man, what are you going through? How's it feel? And I think some of what's happened since the accusations, some of what's happened since the lawsuits and the big – is that Deshaun has not been as vulnerable with the media. And we saw a couple – a little bit of smattering last year in, in training camp where had some real honest moments, but, like – I think Deshaun does come into this season more vulnerable than he's ever been because now it's not, well, you haven't played football in in 700 days. Now it's, are you going to be able to stay healthy? Mm -hmm. Now it's people doubting your ability to throw the ball, your your throwing shoulder, and being able to get back to being the guy you were. You're another year removed from um, being the best version of yourself. But I would still be shocked if Deshaun was threatened by Joe. There's no way he could be threatened by Joe. Joe's 39 years old. And also, I th- I think this is where, like, Joe could be his dad. No joke. No joke. I think what's interesting is, and we're going to get more into the Browns and Deshaun's relationship in a minute, but, like, it it almost doesn't matter. Like I Like, there's nothing that Joe could have done up in uh, uh, this side of winning the Super Bowl that would have made him a real threat to Deshaun because of the contract and because of how long the contract still is to go with three years to go. And by the way, you got some um, dead money on the back of the contract, all that kind of stuff. What, what did uh, uh, Andrew Barry say? It's a 10-year. We view this as a 10-year thing. So, like, and then, by the way, Joe didn't do that. They lost in the first round. So I almost imagine, like, in a way, it's the best thing that could have happened for Deshaun when he went out. They continued to win games. Joe stepped in, got you to the playoffs, and then they immediately petered out in the playoffs. So, like, they won enough that he's not stepping into a culture that they're stepping back into a culture that needs elevated. But also, like, 
those dudes in that locker room saw what happened in the second half against Houston. Like, I don't think Joe's the reason why you ultimately lost. I think it was the defense because the defense was going to be why you won. But like Joe is why that thing went from a, a two-score game to being an out-and-out ass-kicking because of the turnovers. Because Joe kind of put too much on him. So I just think for for all the narratives out there about, well, can Joe and Deshaun coexist? Does Joe really seem like a dude that's all that troubled by it? And 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 conversely, any of the things you've heard Deshaun, does Deshaun really seem troubled by the idea? I, I haven't heard anything about that. And I think that just reinforces what we heard about uh, from Joe. It just reinforces the idea these two sides can work together. And I think the bigger question just becomes fit in the offense. And and what is that fit? I mean, we don't even know what the offense is going to look like next next year. I mean, we could have a whole new, completely revamped deal that looks nothing like we saw with Flacco at the end of the year mm-hmm. with Deshaun. I mean, they could hire Kellen Moore. They've got Tommy Reese coming in here. They've got some some guys that uh, um, on the horizon that really are innovative young young coordinators. Also, Joe talked about um, when with his appearance with Zach Gelb just a just a little bit ago here. Talked about if he's willing to be a backup. In the case of this year, it was kind of done for me. I didn't have any opportunities, so it wasn't like I had to say no to anybody. I was at home. I was working out and waiting for a call. So I do think there is positives to sitting around this year. There was positives to being available when I was available as opposed to being locked down on another team. I think hopefully my opportunities will be a little bit different this year in terms of, you know, getting some calls here and there. I mean, you, you never know. And I'm going to have to assess each one of those for what it is and go from there. I think the road to Joe coming back to Cleveland is going to be a little bit longer than fans want. I think there's going to be some fans who want Joe to be the first thing you do is re-sign him and bring him back. I think it's going to make a lot of sense that the Browns and Joe let Joe explore his value. And I think I think there will be an offer, by the way, kind of a, hey, here's where we are, and if you don't the, get the anything The Browns else, may offer him, you know, minimum or like $2 bucks a year. I think, And I think that probably makes sense. I think you go to him and say – Here's a $4 million offer. We'll do the incentive thing again in case you come in. Yeah, we'll pay you 75 k a, a, a game. And a I win. think there's a – I don't think it's as simple as in the first two weeks, if he doesn't get an offer, he'll accept the Browns offer. It That offer might wait until yep. July. I, I would like to have him in the building through the offseason. Um, I don't think it's that big of a priority. It may not be, but I'm saying if you're if he's going to come back, like I'd rather have him around in April in the summertime to to really help Deshaun and to help this offense. I mean, I I think given the the the, uh, the help everybody kind of thing, that's cool. I think Joe could be a free agent until the the first week of December. Or sorry, the first the first week of September. And then come on board at the last second if he wants to spend the whole summer just chilling out with his kids. And listen, he may want to do that. He may want to just be kind of chilling with his kids, like you said, and um, sign last second and, and go into a team. It's not like he needs training camp. I'm just saying I'd prefer to have him around here just because I think he's such a good leader and a uh, a good veteran presence that the team could really benefit from having him around. We'll have more from Joe Flacco on with Zach Gelb throughout today's show. But Joe Reedy, Associated Press in Los Angeles. We're talking about. Uh, we're talking with him about the Jim Harbaugh hire, and of course, Kellen Moore, who uh, has been interviewing with the Browns today for their opening at offensive coordinator of the Browns, interviewing Kellen Moore as the uh, as one of the potential candidates for the offensive coordinator job. We're gonna 
uh, have Joe Reedy here in a few minutes uh, to talk about uh, about Kellen Moore. And I, I think what's interesting about Moore to me is it's not just I'm, – I'm really interested in how or whether his one year in L.A. aged as poorly as I think people think it did, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, I'm also just curious, like, where there's options? Because I think the assumption is he's got so many options that – if if you're going to want this guy here, you're going to have to go ahead and give him play calling duties. I mean, I would consider these guys that they're talking to pretty high quality names that would probably merit the play calling duties. The thing that scares me with Moore is that he's just been a trendy name, and so far the results have maybe not lined up with how people talk about him. Mm. And that just scares me. And that, that scares me because of experience with guys like Hugh, where the reputation was flawless, and then you get them in the building, and not that they're awful, but they're just not what you were expecting. I, I right. want the new offensive coordinator, if they're going to call plays, to be the equivalent of Jim Schwartz. But to, in, in terms of an impeccable resume, a guy that can step in, make a difference immediately, and, and build around Deshaun with that guy. But to go ahead and talk about – uh, Kellen Moore, we'll talk about uh, Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers job as well. We head out to the uh, North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, uh, a name that Northeast Ohioans know quite a bit from his time here in uh, in Northeast Ohio. Now he uh, he works for the Associated Press based out of L.A. It's Joe Reedy. Joe, welcome to the show, bud. How you guys doing? Doing pretty well. It's uh, It's an interesting football Friday here as we get ready for the conference title games, mostly because of Kellen Moore. And I'm just curious, like there's been, it felt like Kellen Moore went to LA as one of the hottest coordinators in the NFL, moving on from Dallas. And then it felt like that, that heat fizzled a little bit this year. I'm curious, is, does that match up with what, what seemed to happen in LA this year with Kellen Moore? Yeah, he, he did. But I also think with his scheme and what he did in Dallas, the personnel didn't fit here and matches well. Now I think it'll be I think it would match up better in Cleveland because there is a running there is a running attack with Los Angeles. They wanted to do a better job of mirroring the run game with the pass game except there was one problem. The Chargers really don't have running backs or a running game to speak of in terms of uh personnel. Austin Eckler was kind of up and down. They really didn't find an established second running back to uh, kind of shoulder to load to, so that that was a big part of uh, why it why it fell flat. I also think too that Kellum brings a little bit more of a downfield passing game. Justin Herbert relied more on the on the short to intermediate pass game, but with the uh, injuries at wide receiver and tight end and everything things just didn't quite develop this year joe i, I gotta ask because you're talking about the downfield passing game i know that some of these are kind of reductive archetypes but like kevin stefanski's a west coast guy when, when it comes to calamore i know he worked with mike mccarthy who had that reputation but schematically are we taught is it more spread concepts is, is it more you know what what kind of are the the stylings of the offense that, that kellen moore is is built on I think more more the inter the intermediate and and take shots type of downfield pass game. There was very rare. I think during Justin Herbert's first couple seasons in the league, 
there was a lot of the, the there was a lot of the checkdowns and short routes that kind of got away under Kellen. Uh, Austin Eckler in 2022 became the, like the fifth, sixth running back in NFL history to have 100 receptions or more. He he had barely half of that this year. Um, there really wasn't a lot of you know escape routes or or checking it down with with uh, Kellen's offense. It was more attack and, and go straight ahead than maybe uh, Justin had been used to under the first couple offensive coordinators. Joe, when you look at uh, the options that Kellen Moore may have here in front of him uh, outside of the Browns, I mean, where are we looking? What, what's he looking at? Uh, I think I think he, he's going to be looking at Carolina. I know there's a couple – other places that he that he's interviewing um, next week. Um, I I don't think there's going to be a return to L.A. To be quite honest, um, in terms of maybe who Harbaugh's looking for as an O.C., uh, Greg Roman's been one name that's mentioned. Uh, I would also say keep a keep an eye on David Shaw. That they they had history working together uh, in Stanford and at the University of San Diego. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised that way, but I know he's got a couple more interviews lined up next week. He had a chance to interview with Chicago and the chargers blocked that. And it, I don't know if it would have been a great fit there. Um, but it, also I'm kind of one of those that with the uh, coaching staffs in limbo, when a team blocks it, when they've got somebody in mind, uh, I'm not a big fan of that, but there's a, he's he's good. He's still going to get about probably three or four interviews by the time this cycle's done. Joe Reedy of the Associated Press in L.A. on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, and you know one of the things said about the current state of the Chargers is that they are in the uh, salary capist of salary cap hell. Uh, I, I, we were talking about it earlier that they could cut four of their best players, not named Justin Herbert, and they would only get to about $30 million above the cap. Uh, when, what does that mean for names like Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and Derwin James and Keenan Allen this offseason? Uh, I think the two positions that you would look at as far as, as, far as names that they, they would look at getting rid of, I think at linebacker, between Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, it's either a restructure or they're going to get rid of one, get rid of one of them. I think with Khalil, it's mostly base salary because Chicago took on the uh, bonus money when uh, they traded for him a couple years ago. So that might be the that might be the cleaner cleaner release. But Khalil had a had a heck of a season. I mean. To, 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 he was finally healthy. That foot was a hundred percent, and he he he, he was the he, he by the end of the season was the only player worth uh, probably watching on this team. To be quite honest, uh, a wide receiver, I can't see both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen returning. They're both scheduled to make over twenty million a year. It's going to probably be be between one of them, and with Mike Williams' injury history, possibly Mike Williams is is going to get the short end of the stick there. Where you know, if you're going to look at the same way a linebacker, 
it's possibly Joey Bosa too. So the new GM, whoever it is, they've uh, Brandon Brown and uh, John Horitz um, are the two that have had second interviews at the moment. That it's uh, kind of down between. They're going to have their they're going to have their job cut out for them. So Harbaugh's taking taking this job, obviously. Um, what what are the what are the fans uh, thinking about this this move? Oh, they they love it. I mean, they they had to go out and get a name higher, especially since uh, you know the Chargers' history with first time head coaches has been has been awful throughout the. Uh, Spanos family's ownership tenure um, and really the only time that the family has had success is when they've hired coaches with previous coaching experiences. Bobby Ross got him to the Super Bowl, Marty Schottenheimer, they had a good run under him. Last time they won a division title was under North Turner. So to get a name like that and to, to, get, hit, to get Justin Herbert a coach with that pedigree and with that excitement, and also to bring about a culture change that this team really needs, um, and is going to uh, is going to do wonders. Because let's face it, I mean, when you when you think of the, when you think of the Los Angeles Chargers at the moment, you think about blowing a twenty seven point first lead at Jacksonville, and and Manly Chargering right now means that. Uh, you know, you play well in the first half, and then you blow things in the second half or at the most inauspicious time. So I think he's going to try to take that culture of chargering and uh, try to get it in the past. Joe, I'm old enough to remember they fired Anthony Lynn because he wanted to run the ball too damn much, and they wanted to open up the offense, and now they hired Jim Harbaugh, who seems like the ultimate ground-and-pound kind of coach. I'm just curious about the fit between Harbaugh and star quarterback Justin Herbert. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Okay, for Justin Herbert, anything, did, anything to get it to win 
he'll he'll want to do. Um, it's almost like Justin Herbert's college career and pro career are uh, kind of mirroring each other because when you look at Justin Herbert's career at Oregon, he went through a lot of head coaches and uh, also found some coordinators. And unfortunately, the same thing is uh, happening here. But Justin is for whatever gets this team into the playoffs and gets them into a winning situation. And also, when you got when you run the ball more, I think that takes pressure off of the quarterback being in the pocket a lot and being under pressure. This offensive line really took a step back last year, and uh, Justin has dealt with now some injury history the past couple of years. There was the broken finger that uh, sidelined him last season, but, you know, rib injury last year, a torn labrum that uh, during the offseason that he had surgery on and two broken fingers this year, including one on his throwing hand that uh, placed him on IR. I think you got to start keeping your quarterback healthy, especially signing him to the extension that they did. Joe, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks for the expertise, and uh, we'll see how things go. But I, th- I think you got something that's going to make your job a little bit more easy with Harbaugh and Harbaugh quotes. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Browns and Chargers uh, will face each other in uh, Cleveland in 2024. So uh, the Ohio State fans can uh, boo Harbaugh when he returns there. <laughs> Joe, I was, I was told to ask you, are you doing this interview from your bed? <laughs> Oh, one of one of the classics that uh, on uh, Twitter that all never never uh, die, but uh, <laughs> actually uh, actually from my easy chair, so okay. uh, not the bed today. Joe, there we go. Great stuff, buddy. Thanks, Appreciate Joe. you. Thanks, buddy. Take care, Joe Reedy. There of the Associated Press, he's the candidate. I have no feeling for whether I'd be excited or not. He's and he's the guy that does have the most experience calling plays of the guys you've interviewed to this point. Yeah, he does. Uh, he excites me. Really, any anybody that. What, why are you looking at me like? I'm just salt looking and at you. Eyes. I'm, there's no salt and vinegar eyes. eyes. Nope, nope. I'm just simply listening. I just have. This is what I look like when I listen. So, why does he excite you? Can't get over the way you're looking at me. I, it's just my face. I can't. Just. I mean, you're staring into my soul right now. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Eh, we'll talk about it later. Got some things to go over with you. Seeing I don't everything. know what that means. Is that, is that like Oops. a sex term? Seeing everything. That was not me. That was a drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, why does he excite you? I mean, you into sex? You like sex? No. You sex addict? No, that's what Harbo would say to Kellen Moore as he's interviewing for the OC We got to get that drop in here, by the way. Yeah. I, I already sent it to him. It, the, the mandate it'll, has it'll been passed take six down. weeks. Um, ooh. Did we not? Do we not learn our lesson from National Compliment Day? Well, that was Tiger yesterday. got out of the cage. There. <laughs> Tiger got out of the cage. See, you got that one in. How many days ago was that? Oh my God! So why does Kellen Moore excite you? Because I was really good on NCAA eleven with him. I mean, I do think like on the blue turf. Like uh, Joe was talking about <laughs> a down he's the a, field. He's a lefty. I, why don't we see more lefty quarterbacks? By the way, I have no idea. I think it's a re- like. I think they're fun to watch. They're, it's discombobulated. It's a, it's, a, it's a different game. I mean, you watch Tua play, isn't it different? Yeah, yeah. but it, and Tua Michael is, Vick. Tua is not as fun as Michael Vick or Steve Young. I'm not. I'm not sure why. I was gonna say who's the best lefty corner. This is it, weird. We're it's Steve Young. Weird. It's Steve Young. It's by far. 
Yeah, well, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Like, okay, because here's the thing. He was an elite passer, and he was just a just in that era where running quarterbacks, it was like him and Elway. And, okay, Cunningham had his ro- uh, moment in there as well. But, like, Steve was so much better at making up, making things happen improvisationally than almost any quarterback on the run in that era. Uh, Kenny Stabler was a lefty. Didn't never watch Kenny Stabler live and in person. Nor did I. Yeah, but he he was a lefty. Is he still alive? No, no. He he lived a hard life. I think he ended up passing away at seventy, and we were all kind of like, you know what, you made it to seventy, or he got like late sixties. That was huh. a good for you. Yeah, Steve Young, Michael Vick. Trying to think. So I love Kellen Moore. Uh huh. Because he's a lefty. He's a lefty, and no, I'm just back to the conversation. Sorry to derail this uh, so much here, Nick. But uh, no, I I I just think that like he's he's a bright mind, and like he's grown up in the spread offense. Um, you know some of the some of the things that he's done. I mean, again, we don't know if he deserves all the credit for the things that we've seen him do, but like he's, he's got a pretty good reputation around the league, man. Yeah, I I also thought it was interesting to hear Joe talk about the offensive coordinator candidates for for the Chargers now, saying he did not expect Kellen Moore to be back. If you're a Chargers fan, you hear Greg Roman and David Shaw. Actually, I think David Shaw should be a head coach. I think it's ridiculous. Um, that's a case where David never, aka Andre, not. Um, yeah, they're twins. I kind of see that. Yeah, but David David honestly could have left like three or four times for the NFL and just never did. And so when he left to not go to an NFL job, now he's going to have to go back to the OC route. I hate it. I think he should be an NFL head coach. Yeah. I, also, they're going to run a really boring, a really simplistic offense, and they're not going to let Justin Herbert throw it all over the yard. And I think that's going to be really interesting two years from now. First year, no one's going to care as long as you win. Two years? It was like the Baker thing. Everyone got along for that first year. That second year, all of a sudden, you start feeling uh, trapped by you know uh, by the you, offense. You, you think Harbaugh's not going to throw the ball down the field? I don't. That's just I, never I, who he's been. Yeah, but he's never had someone like Herbert. That I mean, that's totally fair, by the way. But like, even in I mean, look at JJ McCarthy. JJ McCarthy, they kind of slung the I, ball I, all I mean, over the yard the, for the, the first. The guy six won weeks. with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. Like, I think he's going to evolve to who he has. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, he did. I will say, like. There were two different offenses from Kaepernick to to Alex, like one hundred percent. But like Justin will be coming from an offense where the 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 first, I mean, the whole point of hiring Brandon Staley and the cadre of offensive play callers they had there was because they wanted to have the Mahomesian offense, and I don't think that's what this is going to be. But I, I would be surprised if it wasn't a fifty fifty run split, which is kind of shocking with Justin Herbert. Like you would expect, anytime you have a quarterback that talented, you would expect them to be 55-45 passing to run, right? Something like that, yeah. By the way, we I, have you been on air since he took the job? I don't think we've had that. Uh, I was off air yesterday. Yeah. I was on air Wednesday when he took the job. I thought he took the job yesterday. Am I wrong on that? Time is a flat circle. It it's been a, a long circle. week. I don't know. Keith, want to jump in? Was, when, did, when did Harbaugh take this job? Wednesday. Wednesday. It was like right at the end of the show, like 640, 645. Okay. All right. So you haven't had a, a proper chance to react what this means to Ohio State. That's what more where my head was going there. Oh, you didn't see my tweet? Yeah, okay. But that's not the same thing as saying it into a microphone on our number one rated show. Read his tweet. No, read it over the air. Now. You know what? Here, can you stall for a minute? I'm it, gonna... it's, it's actually not really 
tweet that you could read and would go over well. It was a, a more of a GIF mm-hmm. or GIF. Okay. All right. Is it the Jonah Hill one? Yeah. Okay. Ryan no, I, I Day. Think, I think Ohio State. Go ahead. Wait, real quick. Uh, Dustin Fox at Dustin Fox 37, January 24th. Ryan Day currently. Jonah Hill GIF. There. That was your analysis on Twitter. That's what I that's what I put out there. Yeah. Strong. Strong. You don't get to the four-letter network without really bringing the heat. You know what I mean? And that's what I do. Yeah. You bring the heat. That's a heat bringer. Dustin Fox is what they call I, I'm, I'm, I've been known to be the heat bringer. Yep. That's <laughs> they call you. We're just saying the same thing. They, they say I bring the heat. Yeah. They're like that Dustin Fox. He brings the heat. Other people do not bring the heat. But not that like Dustin, Dustin Fox. Fox. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. The heat. Heat is on, like Glenn Fry would say. So hot. Is it your thoughts on the hiring? Other than the Jonah Hill? Uh, I'm pretty happy he's going. Get the hell out of my conference. Oh. You're too good at coach. It bugs me. On some level, it does bug me to hear that. Yeah, he's been there nine years. I want to beat that guy. I want I want that we guy. Did, we did beat him yeah, for six years. But I want to be I want I want to win last in that argument. All right. Oh, you're one of those guys, huh? Maybe it says something about me. But I want to I want to beat you, and then you leave. I don't want you to be able to walk out three straight wins. Like I feel like like that's how Vegas feels when like uh when like a heater comes in and takes like a ten thousand dollar hand at a time and then walks out after like fifty thousand dollars. Plays like four hands. No, get, come back, come back here. I'm, I want to get some of that money back. Like that's how I feel about Jim Harbaugh. I want to get back on the right side of the ledger. Because here's the thing: if Ryan Day beats Sharon oh, Moore, we're fine. Yeah, but it, but when I should say when Ryan Day beats Sharon Moore this year, it's only going to be excuses. Michigan fans will be like, "Well, but you didn't beat Harbaugh," and I no, hate we, we, I hate giving them that I mean, rebuttal. We, we did beat Harbaugh for half a decade. Yeah, but it's something about Ryan Day. The Ryan Day haters, it's just not going to be the same thing uh, unless he beats Sharon Moore, wins the Big Ten, and then go wins a national title this year. It, it it cheapens beating Michigan this year for the Ryan Day haters that are at a ridiculous, almost at a nauseating level of discontent with with how things are going in Columbus. That's what I want. That's I want the, the one. I want the clean sweep year. I want boots to asses. I want the 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 year that you can't argue with how it is. And like you can still win a national championship and beat Michigan. But the rebuttal will be, yeah, but you went one and three against Jim Harbaugh. And that annoys me. And it doesn't annoy me coming from Michigan people because that's the flex you get to have. It will annoy me that it's going to come from Ohio State people. That's where my problem and my qualms will be. What say you, oh, heat bringer? Well, I bring the heat. That's That's just nailed it. I mean, it's this kind of heat that gets you where you are, you know? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.